0: the subjective comedy podcast with brad scott brad scott is a mediocre comedian from indianapolis this is his show if you don't think it's funny remember comedy is subjective.
1: we're downloading the premiere episode of the showdown and
2: uh we
0: the showdown (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: yeah thank you (laughs)
1: afternoon ladies and gentlemen this is another episode of WrestleMania,
2: your father's favorite podcast and your mom hates it
0: the my way podcast with brad and Corey. welcome to the sequel machine Brad Scott's experience. Brad Scott's redemption. Brad Scott live. Subjective comedy starts right now. Do me a favor, if you do, if you guys do want to to hit the stretch course tonight, just be careful. Don't upset. You wouldn't like this, Please. Oh, I wouldn't. I'm sorry. Because that's that Bruce Banner. Welcome to Subjective Comedy. I'm Brad Scott. I'm joined, as always, by producer Perk. And today, producer Perk, I think we may have the most handsome guest, or actually, the most handsome person the show has ever had on. It is Justin Seymour. You can follow him at Justin J. Seymour. So if you were following this incarnation of subjective comedy from the get-go and you're a loyal listener and you've listened to every single one of them, you know about those uh, two or three lost episodes from the Brad Scott Live era and the Brad Scott's Redemption or whatever the hell we called it for a few weeks. And we had Justin on. He talked to us. He's a former teacher who took a year off to pursue stand-up comedy. That was six months ago, and he had been doing it for about six months at that point. So we're welcoming him back to his first official episode on the new subjective comedy, and he is now a year in. So, Justin, welcome back to the show. What has been, I guess, the most significant things that you've noticed, whether it's changes or evolutions or what? For yourself as a comedian and what have you learned about the comedy business in these past six months
1: yeah well obviously the most important thing i've learned is that i just keep getting more handsome that's really what it is you really do <laughs> honestly it's it's scary no no i appreciate that man uh, that's why your parents
0: didn't put you in karate yeah, by the way they did yeah. not want anyone touching that beautiful face that's
1: of what yours. it was yeah no i wasn't a good looking kid i grew into it it took me time uh, and i didn't know i was good looking until like Recently, you know what I mean? No like, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so
2: just now when you complimented me. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Oh wait, we broke the news. Yeah yeah. Yeah. No yeah, yeah. No way. No way. This is a <laughs>
2: handsome
1: intervention. It was didn't a weird. It was a weird thing when like. uh You don't make that t-shirt and hair choice if you don't
0: know you're handsome, goddamn. Well, it was weird.
1: Like you didn't. I didn't know until like girls started liking me. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's a weird. You know. Anyway, but yeah. So comedy has been it's been awesome, man. I like when we met last. Like we had just met for the really the first time. Like yeah. six months. Ago. It was in the summer, and uh, I was six months in, kind of like a a week, six months. And I was just kind of getting my hands around how to write a joke, you know, trying to figure out how do you write a joke, how do you get on stage and be funny, and, you know, I was struggling with the basics of trying to memorize my jokes, you know, get up there, how do I memorize the jokes, how to get up there and tell them when it doesn't look like I'm, I'm nervous and stuff.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, now, after a year, I think I'm f- just kind of getting some footing. Like, I'm like, yeah. I'm starting to feel like, all right, now I, I'm surprised it took so long. Everyone says it's going to take so long to get, and I and I and I can already see I have a huge journey ahead, right? Like,
0: um, wait. So uh, your surprise took so long for what to, to kind to of feel like you had footing in y- it?
1: Yeah, yeah. To feel because here's the thing. Like I've I've got a lot of experience of talking to people, to crowds. You know, I've been a teacher. I've done public speaking before. Like that's not really the the issue. The issue is figuring out how to be funny on stage, mm-hmm. and, which is which is separate from the joke writing. I mean, the, yeah, the joke writing is a thing that you got to be good at how do you deliver that in such a funny way and figure I still don't think I have found my like voice as a comic but I do feel like I have a footing of being able to write jokes pretty well I'm getting much better at writing j- jokes and and then when I get up there I don't really feel like the nerves as much
0: yeah I, I noticed because well. uh, I saw you uh, a couple of weeks ago at uh, the Melody inn here in Indianapolis every second Monday yep. uh, go to the Melody inn on 38th of Illinois right in the heart of murder in Indianapolis we put on a comedy show um, uh,
2: not just comedy
0: but yeah that's correct it is an all-genre open mic so if yeah. you're a poet if you're a singer uh, if you're one of our uh, listeners from the greenhouse effect there's a new spot for you every second Monday the melody Inn. but I saw you there last uh, melody Inn show and I noticed that was the thing I probably noticed the most was you were much more comfortable yeah you just looked much more comfortable on stage yeah and uh, I think
2: it's, uh I think you've always I've noticed that you've always been comfortable on stage just from the public speaking stuff you've done. Yeah. But you seem just more comfortable with like with your material.
1: Yeah, that's really what it is. So uh you know I took a you know so for this from I guess January of 2022 to December 2022 it was just all right write jokes go out there try to tell them and see what works. And uh, I had this list of jokes that was like all right these are the ones I I think are decent I think they work all right. Now let's build a real set. Mm -hmm. And so I took, you know, six minutes of material, and I said, from January all the way till February, I'm going to do this basically the same jokes again and again and again and again and again. And it was it's just amazing how much more how they got better and better and better. Mm -hmm. I got more confident in them, and they seem to be working almost every time now. So that's cool. That's really awesome.
0: Were you so you said was that because I also know that in the past six months you've done a lot more paid and professional like type shows as opposed to just open mics or the the small smaller indie shows um did that help with getting more comfortable because 100 yeah yeah it's it's one of the things i told uh josh springer the uh second time i saw him because the first time uh, i saw him was him doing an open mic to prepare for his first big show which ended up being in front of a sold out crowd at a comedy club in indianapolis and after the open mic, you know, like, I mean, he ate shit because it's the first time he'd ever been on stage. But you could see there's a likability there and there was something. And so I remember I told him, you know, hey, I was, you know, good set and everything. And um, he was kind of like, really? And then uh, at the big sold out show that weekend, four days later, you know, he kills. And I'm like, as soon as he gets done, I could just see I could like I could just see that. He's got the bug. You know what I mean? Like yes, it's, right. it's infected him. Comedy has gotten in his veins and it'll start destroying his life at any point. And I just went up to him and it was just it, it was almost like there was nobody home. He was just on cloud nine, like hovering above watching his body. And I was like, hey, it's way more fun with people. And he was like, oh, my God, it's so much better with people. Yeah, this
2: feeling it,
1: it is. Yeah, it is an incredible feeling. And so doing more real shows where I have real people that I can talk to and, and do these and run these jokes on. Uh, because yeah, once you just start the open mic circuit, it's it's soul crushing every night. You know that's really what it
0: is. And we talked about that, I believe, on uh, Monday was. I do think at a certain point. So when you're in, you're starting out in comedy. Everybody always says, just get on as many stages as you can. Just get on as many stages as you can, and that's good for us to an extent. Yeah. But at a certain point, it can become you know counterproductive if all you are doing is small open mics in front of other comics because right. other comics are the worst crowds you're gonna get and sometimes doing too many of those just starts eating away at your confidence
1: yeah no I, I that's i mean incredible advice to anyone who's starting out i think um yeah for me my issue was definitely i'd run jokes that i thought all right these are these are these could work and then mm-hmm. i go to a mic and of course they don't and uh but but at some point you gotta have the guts to try it in front of real people. And what well, and that's the thing is And that's hard when they don't work at a mic because you're like, all right, this is supposed to be the testing ground yeah. for my material. And then it always goes bad. And then you do it in front of an audience and you're like, oh, that, that actually kinda worked. Yeah. What the hell happened?
0: Well, and I think that's probably part of the problem. We view we view the term open mic. It's very vague, right? Yeah. Because they're definitely are certain levels of open mics especially for comedy you know like there's certain you know open mics and venues that are just better whether it's attendance whether it's kind of atmosphere time whatever it is there's certain open mics are going to be so when you just say yeah the open mic is where we're supposed to be testing all the stuff it depends what kind of open mics are you doing i think it's crowds are where you you're supposed to be testing stuff And so the expectations that you have going on stage at an open mic that's just comics is, you know, it's either – it's just – it's a very weird thing because they, they're disinterested automatically because we're all self-involved in our own way. Uh, most And if you haven't gone on stage, you're probably going through notes or at least going through your head. Like it's just a very – it's the worst kind of crowd you can have. It is. So it's just – it's to me, it's very hard to kind of dictate that as my – Sample size.
1: I'm totally with You know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I, I don't want to derail the conversation too much, but since we talked last, I think we talked in August or something, mm-hmm. and then in September, I went to Europe for a month. Oh, wow. So I, And I traveled all around, but it was kind of cool. I really wanted to do comedy there, but I didn't get the chance to perform. But when I was in Paris, I just thought you might find this interesting. I thought it was cool. When I was in Paris, they do have English-speaking, what they call, open mics. But their open mics are not open mics. Their open mics are shows, and they're... People that are booked on them, and uh, so I'd go to I, as when I was in Paris, I went to check a couple of them out, and it was really fucking cool, man. Cause like they have, I, I call it like an underground English comedy thing, but it's mm-hmm. literally underground. Like I mean, you have these these cool pubs, mm-hmm. and catacombs. It and it's it's not so much like it kind of looks like these like crazy like basements and stuff, and they have these comedy shows in these basements, and you'll have fifty or whatever, sixty people kind of crammed into these. These basements and these comics are all English speaking, and they're fucking awesome. They're all really good. Yeah. Um, and it, it, you don't really hear about them much, but you know, I met a couple really cool people there. Because they're underground. Yeah, it's because they're underground, but because you don't hear because they're in Europe or whatever. But, but they're really good. You know, uh, there's a woman I met named Sedra Summer, and she's from Pennsylvania, and she's a great comic. She's she's a, I just found she's hosting a, a show. It's kind of like it's kind of like. Well, what do you what do you, it's not like the tonight show, but it's like what do you call it? It's um, talk show. It's, it's kind of like John Stewart's old show. But, okay, but, but for Europe. So okay. she's getting ready to host that. That was cool. I met her, and then there was a there's another comic, uh, named Alan. I can't think of his last name now, but he's from like Mississippi, man. And it mm-hmm. was weird to see this Mississippi ga- guy in Paris doing jokes that were like.
0: Now they so were they both there just visiting as she, well? She she
1: lives in Paris and he is from he lives in Czechoslovakia and he does it full time. I mean he makes his living on from Mississippi lives in Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia.
2: Czech Republic or Slovakia?
1: Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> Slovakia, I think <laughs> is where he. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. And he he actually makes his living doing stand up and this was pretty interesting. I I sat down and had a conversation with him. I saw him twice. And uh, when Louis C.K. got you know in trouble here. <laughs> he had to go to Europe to do shows, and this guy is, who's I think Louis, you know, manager or whatever, contacted to book several shows for Louis there in Eastern Europe. So, oh sweet, he, yeah. So he worked with Louis for a little while, and uh, oh, he at least opened for one of those shows. But he actually booked the the shows for him there, which was really cool to get to hear him talk about.
0: I wonder. Yeah, that's got to be somewhat of an awkward first meeting. Right, uh, yeah, with louis you mean, yeah, because yeah. it's like you were you're a comedy god, yeah, <laughs> but I'm the only reason that we're meeting is because you were disgraced and yeah, lost right. everything,
1: right, I mean I'm a huge louis c k fan man i i, I, I have
0: you I, seen Sorry?
1: oh many times, yeah,
0: okay, i haven't I haven't paid the buddy to watch I've watched that one clip of the yeah. uh the uh the goodwill hunting, oh yeah bit yeah, yeah. so Apple, many times
1: dude i i've I've bought. All of his specials, uh, the, his are the only ones I actually like. Actually, own and mm-hmm. I have them on my computer, and I sit and watch them again and again. I mean, he di- he
0: did what most guys are doing. I tw- we in one of the other lost episodes, we had a whole conversation about. I don't believe in cancel culture. I don't think it's a real thing. I yeah. think it's a term made up by either people who, you know, are honestly trying to use it for their own monetary gain, or. Shit, comics. You know, who just—it's like write a better joke. Maybe the audience isn't offended. Maybe they're bored by your stale stereotypes. You know what I mean? It's maybe. Yeah, but, I don't know. But he, but Louie did. I mean, he did the, the cancel culture thing. He was can't quote unquote canceled. So then he really. I mean, I'm sure he made more money releasing his special through his website yeah. than he probably would have selling it to Netflix.
1: Yeah, and you know whatever you think about him, my my opinion, he's one of the greatest. He is. He's a great comic. He's a great have. joke writer. I mean. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, know. I did that for a month, uh so I was there in Europe. So I didn't get to perform a lot, but I did get to like be involved a little bit with comedy, which was awesome. Yeah. And then I came back and like really tried to all right, every You're chance, all
0: motivated every
1: chance I get, well, let's let's write, let's get on stage and, and I have felt myself get a lot better and that has been very gratifying.
2: I saw a documentary type thing like uh is like an episode of a show that did stuff. And it was talking about just uh, a the underground English-speaking uh, uh, stuff in Europe—it's all around Europe. It's not just in France. Yeah, yeah, it I is. I think they focused—they uh, focused mainly on Germany, on the, the one that I saw. But it's—it uh, was mostly just Europeans, and you know, they're just doing the comedy in English. But like one of the things I—I I noticed too is like even though like it's in English, it's still the same sense of humor to that you know individual and that culture. Um, because you know, like language is a big part of you know how you know like, puns are different in different languages because totally, the words yeah. you know are, are different. But just seeing just the but the general like sense of humor thing is very interesting just to see the differences even you know and a lot of them use like a second language.
1: Yeah, I mean it, w- it was crazy. I was sitting at a table and all of us there was six of us at this table listening to this comedy show and every single one of us was from a different country. It was it was wild. It was it was cool. But we all spoke English and we were all watching the show and everyone got it and it w- it was pretty cool. Man, so was what like, was the material like then? If it's like a... I mean, it was, it was a lot of like what you would expect here. It really wasn't that different.
0: Because um, it reminds me, honestly, mm-hmm. of uh, when I did uh, the Atlantis, right? The resort in the Bahamas. Okay. Because yeah. every show, it's like, you well, know, was, you don't do the who's from around here because there's right. no behavior. It's in the show. It's always just a ragtag group of people from all over the world, Uh
1: yeah, I would say that in terms of the, the comedians, their jokes were a little more worldly mm-hmm. if they were topical. But a lot of them were not. A lot of them were just straight, normal shit. Um, this one guy, I'm trying to think of what his bit was, but he had a great a great joke. I won't tell I remember it, but I won't tell it because I don't want to give away anyone's any joke. But he had this great – I was like, God, these guys are good writers too. Mm-hmm. you know? Yeah,
2: uh, I've done, well, because – It has to be in a different language.
1: Yeah. I mean it was all in English, but yeah, some of them do speak – and then I met this other woman too. Not, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm getting way off here, man. But I met this other woman. She was it wasn't really a comic. She came up and performed, but she didn't have any material. She was just being herself, and it was still entertaining the whole time, um, which was which really blew me away. Um, and then I found out her name's see her name's Charlie. I don't remember her last name or if I ever got it. But she was uh, she went to the Parisian clown school. Oh, that's which very is, prestigious. Which is very – yeah, it's actually very prestigious, yeah. Are you being serious? No, no, no. No, yeah. no he's right. It is. It's actually very prestigious. Like to,
2: It's like you, the, you, the mime school or whatever, too.
1: Yeah, if you if you think about, like, uh, clown school here in America, you're
0: like, who
1: the fuck is it? Yeah. But if you go to clown school in Paris, that's like Juilliard or something. Like, that's like yeah. – it's like a really big deal.
0: Oh, yeah, because, like, I, they take their clowns more seriously. They
1: do. No, they seriously do. Like, yeah. That, but she was the single most entertaining person I've ever seen in front of me, like, in life. You ever met a person and been like, they should definitely be on television. Like that is the person I would see them on TV. Mm-hmm. Like that person is a star that just hasn't been found yet. I've never met a person like that except until I, I met her. That was pretty crazy.
0: Thanks you. Thanks a lot. Yeah, Dustin. appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, well, never met just... <laughs> anyone you thought should be on television. <laughs> you know what? You sound like the goddamn industry in my family.
1: <laughs> um, I think you could be a supporting actor. Thank you. I don't Not, know if you could be a star. It, on a radio show.
0: show. <laughs> yeah. Take it. I will take it. It's a role. There are no small roles. Um, so uh, what I guess – what is the the biggest thing you've learned about the industry, the offstage part of comedy?
1: The, I, I mean it's so simple. It's just like everything though. Um, you have to connect with people. You have to make your connections. What, what's the description of your show, the most connected comic you've never heard of? Yes. I mean, it, it really is about you're making your connections. And um, But here's the cool part, though. I like comics. Mm-hmm. I really like them. And so every time I get to hang out with comedians before the show, like at the Melody Inn, I actually had more fun hanging out before and after the show, just chit-chatting with the comics than doing my set. And and I think that's the most important thing, really. Um I, there's still so many people I haven't met in this scene. I'm still trying to get people to know who I am. So,
2: well, plus don't know you're stuff. you you know, women in Indianapolis. So yeah, and live I
1: live so far away that it's it's often hard to get to stuff. And, well, but and I, I'm down here a lot still.
0: I like honestly the last uh, few open mics I haven't gone up at, but I still go, and that's something for like. So if you're if you're a, a comic, especially a newer comic, and maybe you're kind of struggling um creatively at the moment go to a show and have no intentions of going on stage go be in the ambiance and the environment be in the just get that kind of comedy feeling there's a lot of times i go just hang out at shows and then like i get kind of inspired Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and sometimes just being around the energy yeah and sometimes the not getting on stage inspires me more than if i would have you know, gone up and done a set, so even if it is a great crowd or something. Sometimes the missing out on that yep. can make can drive me a little more to kind of go back and okay, I need to write some new shit uh, or work on s- some shit I'm writing. So yeah, no, I totally, yeah. I totally agree. do but, not but,
2: have the pressure of going on, but then like, oh, like you know, I got something for that.
1: Yeah. yeah, but in terms of like industry, dude, I'm still new. I, I mean, I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm trying to become a good. All I can really care about is getting good. And then the second part is just meeting people. And to be to be honest. I don't really want to hang out with people that I don't really like that much. So even if even if there's some kind of gatekeeper, <laughs> yeah, like it's like you know what? I'm not. I, I'm just not. I don't want to be an ass kisser to somebody. I just want to get to know people, and if they're cool, I like them. I'll hang out. If you want me to do something cool,
0: no, that's also yeah. that's also great advice. Like, don't be an ass kisser, honestly. Like people who are gatekeepers, get their asses kicked. constantly. like you're yeah, not no, providing I, anything new. There, there, there's already lips on that ass <laughs> that you're trying to get to. I've always said, told new comics, if you're, if you're trying to work your way into a club, the best thing you could do is when you see the manager or the booker, whomever is, you know, the gatekeeper for that venue, talk to them as a human being, Yeah. like, see if you can get to know them as a human being and don't bring it, like, they know you want to work there. Every comic that's at their venue wants to work there. They know that. So you like whatever, if you're just constantly talking to these people for the goal of shifting it towards like I I have uh, I came up with a, a good phrase for this don't surprise people with a business meeting like don't try to talk shop and work and and or not shop and talk you know business and booking right. with someone who's you know the manager who's just walked into the club you know because I mean? especially if they've just gotten done dealing with something you know, uh, business wise for the club, maybe they don't want to talk about that shit right now. But in a lot of comics, that your instinct, you feel like, oh, this is my opportunity. And I'm telling you, you're way better off just trying to connect with people as a human being, totally. establishing your, yourself as a human being in that venue. And eventually, if if you're good enough and you're funny enough, they will book you.
1: Yeah, so that's what, what I have found, and I I have to give credit to um, older comics who've been doing this for longer because. Some of these shows, that most of these shows I've gotten recently have been just from older comics or comics who have been doing it longer than me mm-hmm. that I've just gotten along with. I, I, I'm not asking them for anything, but they're like, hey, you know, I, I think you're funny or I, I think you're really good at writing. Let's do something together, and then they put me on a show. Or even if they don't put me on a show, they have been talking to people for me on my behalf. They're like, hey, um, you know, like this last show I did on Thursday – the only reason I got that show, and I'm only saying this for anyone that might listen, that's like, how do I do stuff? And I'm still figuring it out too. But he, the only reason I got on that show was because another comic, who's connected to these folks, said, "Hey, you should go talk to them." And then just how am I sent you, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we talked. You, you, I'm, I'm starting to realize that comedy, probably like any field, is really about having more established people vouch for you.
0: Yeah. What that, I was hearing say, you—that's literally. That's the formula yeah. for how you eventually, what comics always ask me, how do you get on the road? Yeah. That's how is you have to you have to think about this business as what you do on stage is like honestly 10 to 20 percent of it. I mean, yeah. you wanna be you wanna continue working on your craft on stage and all that nonsense, but building relationships is much more valuable to actually having a career. The way that I got on the road. Initially, when you know, I'd only been doing comedy. I think three years at the time, maybe four, was because a comedian from Indianapolis named Chris Shaw was kind enough to see something in me, and we got along as people. And uh, he took me on the road with him, and then recommended me to another comedian to go on the road with him. And then uh, when that guy turned out to be a racist piece of shit, he recommended a different comedian <laughs> for me to work with. And me and that guy got along super well, and that guy plugged me in to a couple of uh, independent bookers in Ohio who book a lot of shit in the Midwest and were, like, big-time independent comedy bookers for the Midwest. And through those two bookers, I met uh, Dave Landau, who got my foot in the door with a ton of clubs. And so it's just – yeah, you do- Networking is so important, and I think new comics forget about that. I don't know how many times I I would, uh, you know, whether I'm on a show or even just at a show, and like if I'm featuring or headlining, whatever, and the other comic we want to go out, and we like the host, and so we invite the host, and the host be like, ah, I got work in the morning.
1: Yeah, no, you need to go out. Yeah, yeah. fuck um, your job. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. is that your day job, I the one a, that
0: you're doing comedy to get away from? So mm-hmm. I had
1: a moment like that. I went to – so the show I did last Thursday, I put one on last month. And I w- just went to their show at the behest of this other comic who recommended me. So I, I met them at this show a month ago. Does that make sense? The, mm-hmm. the producers of the show. Yeah. I met them. We talked. I said, you know, yeah, I would love to do a show with you guys sometime. And then they invited me to come out because we were getting along. And I was like, Gosh, I got shit to do tomorrow. You know what? This, it was like, it felt like a moment where, okay, I have to make a, this is a moment where you have to make a choice.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, do you do this thing? And I actually had a great time, went and hung out, and it was fine. And that led to me getting this show this last month. Yep. So, but here's the thing. It, it's not like I go out and say, oh, I'm going to go try to network with people. I genuinely do. If I didn't like these people, I wouldn't have went out with them. I wouldn't have. I I, I genuinely like them. As long as I like them, like, that's why I'm here. Because you guys have been nice to me at the Melody Inn. I've enjoyed doing that open mic. and. You know, you've had uh, great advice to give, which is why I'm here, right? Because you give good advice. I like talking with you guys. If I didn't, I wouldn't be here, you know? Um. So, but networking is important, but it, I feel like it's just you just need to be authentic about it and don't be trying to use people. And that's my opinion.
0: Yeah. You you value my advice, but you don't think it has the capability to make it to television. I don't
1: <laughs> think you could be a
2: star. No, Fair enough. <laughs> I'm no. just
0: Again, the industry and my family agree with you. You might yeah, be yeah, able yeah. to propel <laughs> someone
2: else, but you not so much. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just like uh, you know, building relationships with people, like you, you know, like you got to be funny, but sometimes. You know, just being someone people like to hang out with. Hey, like you, know, or come on the road with me. Like you're cool. Like we always have a good time. Yeah. And you know if you're just an asshole, like why wouldn't anybody want to work with you right. or do anything for you? And just sometimes just being cool, being nice, and just you know. Hey, you know. Lots of people mm-hmm. are really funny. Yeah. That being Lots.
1: said, the jokes are the most important thing to me by a lot. Like. Yeah. Like but, I mean, by by far the most yeah. important thing is just figuring out how to be funny.
0: Well, no, but your uh, your state. That's where you should be like you you've had so so I will return a bit of uh the ass kissing that you threw my way. Oh, you well. have you have approached this business better than most people starting out. Yes. But I think okay. one thing is you're uh, how old are you?
1: Thirty two.
0: Thirty-two. So yeah, you you started later than uh some. Yeah still before I started. Uh but like well, I started when I was like nineteen. <laughs> so you started a little later, so you had a more of a maturity. And you approach this with, well, I want this to become a real thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know, I get confused with a lot of new comics at times because they'll ask for advice, and then some of the advice, like I'll give them, they have like kind of these reasons as to why that won't work, you know? Or they'll ask me about why is this not happening, or what can I do to make this happen? And I'll tell them, and they're kind of like, oh, well, I got, this. and I'm like, okay, well, this is where ha- you have to figure it out. Right. Because if you want this, if you want comedy to be your career, your you want to be embedded in the business. You want to start building a reputation outside of your market. Like that's another thing I think new comics don't realize is at a certain point in time, you can't just grow. You know, it's like a a a, a plant inside of a small pot. Like it's going to outgrow that pot at some point. So if you want to get to a to a, a place in your career where you're on the road you're establishing yourself you're you know making comedy your your job and your profession it takes a hundred percent dedication effort time all that shit anything else is gonna have to be sacrificed if it cuts too deep into it and you have to be willing to approach you have to be willing to go you know what if i feel i have a shot at this i'm willing to be an uber driver instead of working at x company that has a, a much better uh you know uh, health and dental yeah. package <laughs> right
1: I, I am looking at so like I told you before you know I took a year off of teaching to focus on comedy so to figure out okay like is this something I can the, this year's been can I do this is this something that I would be good at right is that what I like it and um, so far I'm like all right this is something I, I I have to keep doing but at some point I do I need to go back to doing some work right I mean yeah. life is a balance
0: money makes the world go around right? well yeah. it, it, teaching is honestly not even a bad. Job yeah. to have with it because your entire summers right. are off.
1: Right now, I am looking to get at some other position, like at a university level, doing some stuff. I so we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, but regardless, I mean, it's not comedy is not something I'm going to stop doing. I mean, if I go back to work, so I think I told you this last time, um, but I didn't, I didn't go into this willy nilly. I didn't just take a year off and say I'm going to be poor for a year, you know? Yeah. Um, so I took three years where while I was teaching, I invested in real estate over that time. And I, had, and I eventually invested enough to where I, I knew that I'd be okay for at least a year and where I I, I wouldn't need to necessarily work. I could, I could do stand-up and focus on just that and not be too worried about money.
0: How deep in the year are you? In the school year? Well, no, 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 in your year. Oh, your year uh, of-
1: well, let's see. I mean, technically, if you want to think about it, it's August to August, right? So, so you've got six months. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd say uh, – if I get another good job opportunity, I'll probably take it just because it's a good opportunity. But
0: but again, but you're also in the point of your career where you could have a full time committed day job. I'm talking about when you're like when you're ready to go on the road. Right. That's when comedy has to overtake your life. So totally. I mean, if you want, if you because you can't, it's a bit. I so I'm trying to work out my vehicle situation, and one of the anxieties I deal with daily. Because I cannot book my stand up schedule right. like I want to book my stand up schedule because I wouldn't have a reliable way to get there. And I, it's worse to miss than it is even to not book. Yes. But at the same time, in my mind, there's a fucking countdown of how far back I'm falling and how far behind I'm getting from where I was. Because I was at a point where I was working, you know, minimum three weeks a month uh, on the road. Yeah. And now to be, you know, doing sparse here and there again it's a thing and so but that's my focus and my number one priority is getting back to just having a vehicle to be able to do that when you want comedy to be your profession and you're established enough and you have enough material and you're comfortable and you're you know ready to be a feature act and beyond it has to 100% take over your life
2: I mean it's also it's fine if you don't want that like if you're fine yeah. with staying you know just being an open biker doing some local stuff you know, just whatever works for you like you don't have to you necessarily want to you know be like a headlining comic on the road Just just to do it and enjoy it. Yeah. Um, right. But if you do want it, like you, know, it is work. Yeah,
1: 100%, 100%. So my thinking was, look, if I'm going to do something else, then I need a way of having your – because, look, we all have to have money. We all have to make a living. Yeah, we all got to eat. Yep. So my advice was always, okay, whatever you want to do, you, you have to figure your money out first. You just do. So I could have done stand-up four years ago, but instead I said, well, I'm going to wait. Until I'm okay when I've, I've made these these investment choices, yeah. to, which maybe I would have got better in four years and I could have done it. But instead, of, well, I can really go hard for yeah, a while. Yeah, much
0: better decision.
1: At least in my It's opinion.
0: like waiting to have your career established before having a kid.
1: Yeah, that's the way I think about which it. Which I
0: did do that, technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's like build, <laughs>
1: build the foundation of your life, right? Anyway. Exactly. So Anyway, sorry, man. That
0: one was, level was we're looking time. to all get to, Chris Rock. No. <laughs> uh here's what I do want to talk about with Chris Rock. Have you heard about what he is doing on March fourth?
1: He he's live going live, right? Doing a Correct. live.
0: Have you heard about this, Brent? It's a live okay. special. So Chris Rock on March fourth is going to be doing a live stand up special streaming on Netflix. Ooh. The first ever, I believe, live stand up comedy performance streamed uh anywhere. And so that is Well, Louie
1: just did his. But live? it live w- from yeah he did it his, his was live from the garden.
0: Okay, he, it was but it was on his site right? Yeah. Then this is, was. I think the first one like on a major platform.
1: Yeah, I think you're right about that. Yeah, I think it wasn't on Netflix. It was from his website, but he streamed his whole thing from from the garden and um, but he's gonna release his special, which is the same material. It's just okay. at a different a different location. Yeah.
0: Okay. So th- that's. This is a very interesting concept. It is, yeah. And it's way, its probably the way comedy is going to, and it's probably smart for Chris Rock to—it's it's smart on both parts. Like for Chris Rock, obviously, it's smart to be the known—he'll be known for here on out as the first guy that did a major comedy special live on a, on a big streaming service. And for Netflix, I mean, who in comedy do you really want to hear more from? About their last year yeah. than Chris Rock, yes, who has also been very careful, I believe, while he's been on the road since then, since the slap. We'll put in like a yeah sound effect. <laughs> I guess I could just do a slap. There you go. Uh, who do you want to hear from more? Right. I mean that that's the we all want to know his thoughts and what and what has happened. So my first question: Does he address it? Yeah, he'll address. Oh, he has it. To. In detail, or is it just gonna be one of those things that he kind of says it to you know off like like a little aside?
2: I hope it's in detail and not like when we just talked about his thing and just kind of like, oh yeah, this happened. I had to go to Europe and now I'm back. But yeah, I'd like to ask me in detail. I think.
1: I think he has a crushing bit on it. Really? Yeah. Um, so if you've like we settled this time to work and on. And the it. reason I say that. Not because I know Chris Rock by any means, but because if you like, I listen to some other people's podcasts, right? And other big, like, famous comedians that know him, they have mentioned in several interviews, "Hey, Chris has got this bit that's on the thing, and it's gonna be, it's awesome." And it, and they've said they've seen it a couple times, and it keeps getting better and better and better. Oh so yeah. people that have seen him live, I guess, in this last year, have seen this bit probably evolve, and I think he's gonna have a really good
2: bit on it. Oh, you think he's been. I don't know if he's been doing it like uh, in public. Maybe he's just working it out with friends, so maybe it, it yeah. gets, that, gets that bang. Cause if it, I don't know if he's been doing it out in clubs, or whatever. It's not recorded. Well, he doesn't anymore. do clubs anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he yeah. does theaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
1: so but like, so I, I and he has done shows. I could be wrong, but I, yeah. I mean, I think he'll have a have a a bit on it. There's no way he won't have a really good bit on it. I, I just can't see that happening.
2: Oh,
0: he does at least five on it. I mean, this could be the most anticipated comedy special. Yeah. in a, lo- a lo- cuz i mean i feel like most comedy specials kind of just come out right mm-hmm. it's like all of a sudden you're just like wait what so and so has a new fucking thing out yeah. this one's like i mean obviously because it's going in to life. be live yeah. it's going to get a lot more and they're going to ramp up the promotion i imagine as we get although like, fuck well, what a couple weeks away yeah 2 weeks well i imagine that last week it's going to be all you see on netflix uh, yeah. but yeah that's that's going to be a, it's also i found it interesting it's uh 10 10 P.M. Eastern. Mm, okay.
2: We need The West Coast Crowd.
0: Is it late? Doing the late show. It's late, yeah. Was it, is it a Saturday? No, I was well, I was here. I was gonna say if it's a Friday, that's a that's a that's a kind of a fuck you to the industry. That is our notorious <laughs> worst shows of the week, the most rowdiest crowds. Uh I hate Google Maps. See, Mark. Oh, it is nope. It's a Saturday. Yeah. So it's a Saturday. Ooh. Saturday, 10 PM. Saturday late show. Ooh.
1: Um, I think it's gonna be great. Um,
0: I am interested to see it because I don't know. I I didn't personally. Tambourine wasn't for me.
1: Yeah, it wasn't I my favorite it. either. But like obviously, like Chris Rock's, you know, early specials were like, I they, like the, they were huge for me. When Have I you seen know.
0: the the edited one?
1: No, no. I I they, they
0: did the the Zack Snyder thing or whatever.
2: Yeah, like I haven't seen that yet, but I've heard that like it's different enough to you know get something
0: out of it. Like, I, it's not. I'm not. Right. by any means critiquing like the set just personally for me yeah i it was it wasn't for me um i but again I'm like justin like i mean bring the pain bigger and blacker, blacker. Oh, yeah. uh those are even even uh never scared what were like Foundations of when I started comedy, like yeah, Chris Rock too. was one of the first guys I watched, and I was like, I want to do comedy like that.
1: Yeah, it, you know what's really interesting is uh, when probably I was young, know, I pretty much only watched black comics, like that was it. Me too. And, Def Jam. Yeah, and I didn't know until I was probably like fourteen or fifteen that white people did, white comedy. People did comedy, and it, like seriously, I'm, that's exactly how I felt, and
0: they were always. so no, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Justin, you don't know. How perfect of a transition that is to our final topic today. All right. Are you guys ready to hear about GH Gossip List? I guess we are. I So I was Googling before the show uh, stand-up comedy news. And basically it was just page after page of Richard Belzer died. Did you know he used to do stand-up before he was a child pervert that. cop? Uh, yeah, he also got choked out by Hulk Hogan. But that's not the point. So then I thought, okay, I'm not getting away with news. I'm going to go to like stand-up comedy gossip news, right? And what I got is one of the first options was from a website called ghgossip.com, which then I looked up what is ghgossip.com, and it is apparently the Ghana... The Ghana News – Ghana Finest News and Lifestyle website, right? From Africa. Yes. The
1: Ghana of the country.
0: And this – because at first I thought this was like an Onion article or something, right? So I'm going to like this, huh? So this is this is the title. And Justin, right, this is for you, buddy. Okay. Top tip: This is exactly – I'm going to read it verbatim. Okay. Top 10 white male comedians you need to check out.
2: (laughs) This list
0: of well-known male stand-up comedians is ordered by their level of notoriety and includes pictures where available. The most well-known and hilarious males who are known for their stand-up comedy are included in this list of the greatest male comedians. Isn't that amazing? Even though there are thousands of men performing stand-up comedy around the globe, this list only includes the most well-known of them. If you're a guy who wants to be a stand-up comedian... The names listed below should serve as inspiration. Stand-up comics on this list have worked hard to become the best that they can be. Without names like George Carlin, Larry David, Dave Chappelle, Louis C.K., and Chris Rock, no list of well-known comedians or stand-up comedians would be complete. Aziz Ansari, Bill Burr, and Kevin Hart, three contemporary male comedians, also made the list. <laughs> but here's the thing. But I said it was all white. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> Hold on. Again, I'm reading this verbatim. Okay. So here's the first. And they don't say whether this is 10. Or one. So apparently it's no order. Okay. It's all tied for first. Brad's got. Jerome Allen Seinfeld. <laughs> and then it has a little description. is an American stand-up comedian, actor, writer, producer, and director who was born on – It's like they just stole the Wikipedia page. Oh God. I think uh, his name was short for Jerome. Larry David. Louis C.K. And this is where it gets interesting. I probably shouldn't have given this away before. Eddie Murphy, <laughs> but they have it, Eddie Murphy, colon, Edward Regan Murphy. So again, oh, wow. I feel like this is somebody who stole some Wikipedia pages, oh, yeah. and then for the first time, cha- they go last name, comma, so Chappelle, Slatt, comma, Dave, uh, and then it, then it has, colon, David Carey Weber Chappelle, which I did not know apparently is Dave Chappelle's middle names. Kevin Hart, comma, Kevin Daniel Hart, or Darnell Hart. And then this is the end of the list, I think. Oh, no, 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 sorry. Bo Burnham, All right. colon, Robert Pickering, Bo Burnham. <laughs> Chris Rock, colon, Christopher Julius Rock. Gaffigan, comma, Jim. Oh, you got a Hoosier in there. Colon, James,
1: I think, Christopher Gaffigan. I think this article is written by some kind of bad AI program.
0: Adam Sandler <laughs> is, and that's it. That's the last one.
1: Okay. All so right. those
0: are your top 10 male comedians. White,
1: white male, white
0: male <laughs> comedians. So you can see through my uh, drunk white girl crack screen phone. <laughs> top 10 white male comedians you need to check out. Again, that list for the top 10 white male comedians you need to check out Jerome Allen Seinfeld, <laughs> Larry David, Louis C.K., and then Eddie Murphy, <laughs> Dave Chappelle. Kevin Hart, Bo Burnham, Chris Rock, Jim Gaffigan, Adam Sandler. That is the weirdest list of comedians ever. Yeah. Not a bad list, but yeah. No, no, no. Still. It's a
2: weird list. That was. But, wow.
1: But that's the Ghana news.
0: That is the, the Ghana's fine, finest nice news. Finest news, okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, and yeah. and Lifestyle. <laughs> Oh cool. cow! Hey, but, look at that!
1: Honestly, uh, Eddie Murphy's uh, Raw, uh, man, dude. Uh, one of the, the
0: first. Track. One of the best <laughs> Caucasian comedy specials of all time. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh, That's great, man. so white.
1: i I'll, I'll, like, seriously, I, I I watched like you know like I was super into black comedy growing up, and uh, not black comedy, but black comedians, right? And so yeah, it was like. It, it's hard because like I I still really connect them. You know who I I think had the most killer special this year, except well one of the most killer ones was uh, Deon Cole. I don't know if you Really, Deon Cole from Blackish. Yeah, yeah. Deon Cole he's got two on Netflix, but his one that he came out with this year called Charlene's Boy I think is just. He's really fucking funny. Dude, he yeah. is so good. Like, and here's what he's really good at. It. He's he's incredible at act-outs. Like, he's so good. Oh,
2: like, yeah, he's very expressive.
1: Yeah, he's got amazing act-outs. Um, and the other one I really liked, who I feel like I really connected with it, this year, was Neil Brennan's. Uh, oh, Blocks? God
0: damn, Blocks is so good.
1: I, to me, like, Neil, I, like, I'm trying to figure out who I'm going to be as a comic, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I'm starting to, to feel like Neil's approach to comedy is, like, what I want to kind of be at some point. Like, because he's more of an artist. Yes. It. You know what I mean? He's very funny, but he's he's an artist, too. Yeah. And he talks about real shit, and I, I really appreciate that. And I feel like that's something that I would gravitate towards as I get better
0: in comedy. And he just – he does not take himself seriously. And just – yeah. he that, that special is so fucking good. It's so good. well done. And – He's he like it's amazing to think that you know for years people didn't know that he was one of like the main minds behind the most you know beloved uh, sketch show of all time. Yep. Yeah,
1: yep, yep. I mean, like Chappelle's Show obviously was like huge for me growing up too. Like I loved Chappelle's Show, and but yeah, Neil, I I'm starting to look at him and his career and how he does stuff, and I'm like I, I really like. I really like what he does a lot. I do But, well. but Dion Cole's special is—it just crushed me. It's so funny. You know who two specials
0: I just watched recently, and I—they're they, not new by any means. I just watched Anthony Jesselnick's.
1: Oh, I did too. I've gone back to him. Yep. I, Which I, one do you remember?
0: I watched the one that's on Netflix. Yeah. Um, I, he has amazing titles, and then I watched Caligula.
1: Okay, so I just re-listened to the album Caligula, and I went back to his 2010 album called Shakespeare. Dude, that guy is an incredible joke writer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, his – I mean, if you get past all the, the edginess, if that bothers you, which – Or to I, be
2: mean like that, you have to be – has to be good or
1: it doesn't work. It, yeah, dude. Like, and here's the thing. Like, I, I, I thought I could be like a Jessel Nick style too, you know, like
2: – That's hard. But here's
1: – because a lot of my jokes are dark like that. Yeah. But he is just a great joke writer. I mean, damn. Like – It
2: comes off as simple, but like yeah. you think about it, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, it just has levels to it that yeah. – yeah,
1: his ability to succinctly put a thought together. Yes, like because he doesn't do stand up like a lot of people, right? Like
0: no, I, and I feel like that's honestly, I feel like his approach is got to be from a writing standpoint one of the most challenging. Yeah, because volume still, of jokes you have to do, and yeah. every joke's a left turn. Yeah. Yes,
1: right, and so I think Mark Norman 20, is a little seconds. bit like that, but not dark, right? Like he's, yeah, he like I mean the volume of jokes, but he comes at you way faster, right? Mm-hmm. Justin has this very slow. And honestly, for years, I kind of I, I liked his dark humor, but I didn't like his approach to comedy. But I did just go back recently, and, and I'm, I, I have a way newer better, appreciation. I have a newer yeah. appreciation of jess Like I think he is a he is a fantastic, fantastic joke. T- like I'll hear his jokes. I'm like, God damn! How did I not yeah. think of that? That's so good.
0: Do you want to get in there, producer Burke?
2: Yeah. Um. You're talking about how, you know, just looking up to black comics and black comedy. Yeah. Um, have you done many uh, shows where there's a predominantly black audience?
1: This last one I did was probably the most. Because um, they're, they're great. Cause they, oh, they it was to so black. fun. It yeah. was so fun. Yeah. I mean, this one was a little weird. It was a big space with not as many people in it, mm-hmm. but. But the, the host, yeah, actually, mo- the headliner was a black comic. Our host was a black comic. I mean, we had, like, a decent amount of black people there. Ah,
0: um, oh, shit, that show was an Oreo cookie.
1: Yeah, it really was. Yeah. You
0: the cream in the middle.
1: Well, that was the thing, you know. Like, I get a jo- I, I like being able to joke about my whiteness, you know, because I'm, yeah. I'm, like, aggressively white. You know what I mean? Like, you are. You're very, <laughs>
0: very, very transparent.
1: Yeah, I'm super white. And, uh, but so it's so it's fun to be a part of that, you know. I would like to be yeah. a part of it. And here's the other thing, too. I've got bits that I work on about race but i never do them because they're complicated coming from a guy that looks like me it's like even if you have a great bit it's it's it probably won't work especially <laughs> especially in front of a white all white audience like i i've noticed they, i mean they get the, the because eyes. you
0: look like what hitler imagined the world would look like <laughs> yeah
1: i am exactly what hitler wanted you know what i mean like it's true like you can't it, so it's hard for me to talk about bits, even if it's something silly, like it's it's silly stuff about like playing basketball with my black friends versus like my white friends. It is different. Yeah. They tra Not only are they way better at it, me, but they like trash talk way different. You oh know yeah, what I, mean? I grew
2: up in the hood. It was different. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a different kind of thing, you know. So, but if you hear if if the all white audience is like hearing a white guy talk about how different black people are when they trash
0: talk or whatever. Well, but I think it depends. I think that's one where it depends on who the audience listening to it is because a predominantly black audience would fucking love to hear your perspective on playing no, basketball yeah. with a bunch of black what dudes I, who are whooping That's what your you're ass. saying, yeah. But I'm saying, yeah, a white crowd, yeah, they, they're going to get I've uncomfortable. What I've noticed
1: recently is uh, – because I haven't done a lot of urban rooms, but I want to do more of them because what I've started to notice recently is it seems like – they're the best. Those people fuck with me more. You know what I mean? They like they like the kind of humor I will do. It's they not come, even racial. To, yeah. It's just
2: well, they come to laugh. It's, if it's funny, they'll laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not about, oh, like is it, you know, politically correct or whatever. Like obviously you have like, you know, you gotta be a little careful about what you're saying. But yeah. But if you're just <laughs> but you're just up there just, you know, swing jokes or whatever, like they're it's a good time, it's the best time.
1: I, I just wish that white people would unpucker their assholes a little yeah. bit. That's what I wish. That Absolutely, I really do.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they sh- I'm serious, dude. I don't know how many times it's it's crazy. I don't know. Cause here's the thing. You've seen this. I know you have cuz every time you tell a joke what people do is they look to their friend to the right. Or and shake their laugh. head in disappointment. And Every time I tell a well, goddamn joke, that's what everyone in the your fucking jokes, audience <laughs> does. For your jokes, that's what they do. No, no, no. no. Uh, but they look and they say, okay, is my friend laughing? Should I laugh? It's like it's like this social thing of like, okay, yeah. do I get to laugh? What happens if you tell a racial joke? Everyone looks for the, the first black yeah. person yeah. in the room they can find. Are they laughing? Is it okay for me to laugh too? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's, and I guess that's just what comedy is. And yeah. I'm yeah. not complaining. I'm just saying that. And that's, that's not, not
2: even just with racial stuff. Okay, I talk about my health problems, a good buddy of mine, he's been on the show Rhett, um he talks about it too. Right. And then, you know the stuff that they say to us afterward, like uh, we both got it. It's like, hey, you know, like you know you are know, talking about yourself, whatever, you know, your wife, you know, that's all right, but you know, it's kind of offensive. You're know, like, What? Like who's it offensive to? It's Why like, offensive you? to you? Like I, I was offending myself by the words I chose to tell you about my right. own life.
0: Right. But I think but, he's know. also talking about just with somebody yeah. scopes to that one person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and th- I think that's a huge amount of pressure.
1: Like, if let, let's say you have an audience. It's, it's mostly white people, but you got like, just a, like a, a black couple here. Yeah. And, and one joke about race is told. All and lives everyone looks over at the, yeah. at, the, at the black couple. Are they laughing? That's a huge amount of pressure on them. Mm -hmm. i think i think that's very that's a huge amount of like responsibility that they get to have
0: well not only that but you could tell the comic is banking on them The because most most you watch the comic if they're a white comic their face is going to be staring directly at them please 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 probably to to do the hacky thing which i admit used to be a part of uh my little spell about race i used to do but the whole you know I, I know what happened. You guys aren't laughing. Everybody's trying to find the one. Like, I used to say, everybody's uh, trying to find. A, like, usually, if there's a black person up front, it's better. It's like everybody's seeing if the black guy's trying to see if he's laughing, judge yeah. his body uh, movements and stuff. And yeah, it's definitely, a, it's, it's a it can create a weird dynamic if they're not kind enough. You know, if the joke's not funny. And they're not kind enough to go on – to go along with the unfunny joke. Right. I've seen, yeah, rooms get super awkward.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, and if you don't – still got to be funny though. So.
1: If you tell an unfunny joke, if it's just genuinely not a good joke, and that's fine. Yeah, Let that bomb. What that's great. Oh, yeah. And that's okay. Like that's part of the – that's part of this art form. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, man, it's, it's – because right here where we're at, we're located in an area, at least I am especially, where I'm from. It's like all white people, you know. Like, yeah. But then, yeah. It's just been it's been cool to get to have audiences of different groups. Also, um, I taught at a school. It's like half Hispanic. All of them are Hispanic, right? Like half of the school. Is Hispanic. I know. So uh, I really got a good sense of like how good of a sense of humor those kinds of kids have. Mm-hmm. You know, those kinds of people. You know, and uh, man, Hispanic people have some of the best sense of humor, dude. Like they will laugh about anything. Like. And they like they, – they shit on themselves. They like other people to do it. You know, it's Why like,
0: people have made their lives such hell? They're yeah. like, fuck it. We'll just laugh.
1: Yep. I understand that. No, they do. They have such a great sense of, and by it sounds so bad to say they, right? Like they. Mm-hmm. But like, what I mean by that is the people I've worked with, which is hundreds, if not now thousands, <laughs> of Hispanic people, they have great sense of humor. They have had. Are
0: you, Missa, <laughs> are you Michelle Pfeiffer?
1: Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah,
0: do you teach at Dangerous Minds Academy?
1: <laughs> no. Were, uh, no. Were you a Marine? No. I, everyone says I look like I'm a Marine.
0: Do though. you teach them karate that your parents never taught you and they teach you to dance?
1: I wish, dude. I wish. No. Jim Messings? No. I teach government <laughs> psychology, man.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I have a way we're going to get out of this episode yep. on this. I think it is perfect opportunity for a top five. Okay, top five. Where's that is right. The Mount Rushmore, we call it here on the show. Your top five, Justin. I want your top five black comedians.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, right, like I said right now I'm super into Dion Cole. Okay. Like, I, I think Dion is like super funny. Uh, I mean, I, I have to say Chappelle. I've probably watched everything Chappelle's ever done. I loved when I was younger. I really loved Martin Lawrence. Uh,
0: Wait, hold on, is that number three?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, right, you gotta give me you gotta give me at least a second in between okay, okay. to put in the the Mario sound Sorry. effect. I'm excited. So we have, let's go, let's, let's run right. it back, Dion Cole.
1: Dion Cole. Dave Chappelle. Chappelle. Doing Ever or currently? Man, hang on, this is hard. All right. Uh, this
0: uh Ever. It's your list. Make it what you want.
1: I, I really liked Didn't
0: you just have three names?
1: Yeah, I really liked Martin Lawrence when, ah, I, I, gotcha. when I was younger a lot.
0: I liked him up until Run That. Okay. I, I well, he lost me at Run Til. I did not really? like Run That. Oh, I did. Yeah.
1: Martin Lawrence was awesome. In both his shows and his his Oh, his show's amazing. His his, his um like, the movies he'd be in pluses, mm-hmm. and his stand-up was cool. Blue
0: Streak,
2: great
1: film. Yeah, um, so Martin Lawrence. I'm trying to think who else am I really into. Um, let's say... You're number two! Oh, I got... All right, that's three for me, right? I got two more. Yeah, three. so you're number two. Okay. Oh, yeah, this is not in particular order.
0: Um, Son of a bitch! Does it, no one know how top five lists work?
2: Is your name secretly Chelsea.
0: Yeah, in your – we had uh, – Chelsea was on uh, yeah, our ju- top just five grocery chains. Yeah, I saw, I heard that, yeah. So give give me your no particular order fourth favorite black comedian if you're Mount Rushmore. <laughs> okay. Um, Maybe that's the problem. I'm calling it a Mount Rushmore. I'm Mount, trying Mount to Rushmore think isn't in order. Those who, aren't the four best in order. Yeah, press it's not in it's, order. It's, when you
2: asked for five, and Rushmore only has four. It's no, it's a, I'm trying to think. That's of the one. joke.
0: I, yeah, you got it, really. So you uh, explained prob- it to prob- the audience because you got it so well.
1: Um, Bernie Mac, probably. I really ah, like Bernie I Mac. ain't scared of you, motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. Bernie Mac was cool. Uh, I really like Bernie Mac. And then um, the last face
0: on your Mount Rushmore, the fifth. This is one I'm not
1: as familiar with as the others, but every bit I've seen is always Patrice O'Neill.
0: Ah, Ooh. that is. Uh, th- I feel like that's a lot of people's go-to for. You, you could tell I watch. Stead comedy, because oh, oh, yeah. I think Patrice O'Neal is one of the best. Which I'm not saying he's not, yeah. but I do feel that era of, you know, it, he's the he's like the fringe name a lot of people point to to go. Well, I'm not going to just say Dave Chappelle. Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean Chappelle is still probably like my favorite of all time, but 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 all of those are are great. I'm super into Dion right now, though.
0: Do uh, you have your top five producer perk? I do. Well, oh, uh, not top five, excuse me. Your Mount Rushmore. Uh, five, First name. Uh, Bernie Mac. Ah I Ain't scared of you motherfuckers either. Oh, yeah. Second name. Red Fox. Ah Old School. Wheezy. I'm coming to see it. No, that's wrong. That <laughs> your third name. It wasn't mother his twice. Uh Rock. Chris Dwayne Johnson?
2: Chris Rock. Ah, okay. And Pryor. Ah. I just watched one of those old Pryor specials
1: the other night. Natalie? Really seen, yeah.
2: No. And okay. then uh Chappelle, who I think is just the the goat regardless of
0: Yeah. Category. Okay, now it's my fr- my Mount Rushmore. I'm going Chris Rock. I'm mm-hmm. going Dave Chappelle. This is pretty sad. Uh, I am going um, uh, Terry Cody Ooh, as okay. my child's first godfather. He passed away of cancer a few years ago. Uh, okay. Thanks for bringing him up, Justin. You're welcome. Um, I am going. Oh man, Kamal Bell. Ooh. And I'm going Hannibal Buress.
1: Oh okay. Oh, wow. Interesting.
0: Hannibal's one of my all-time.
1: Hannibal's fans. cool too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did you watch that? I was really
0: surprising on Cosby for you.
1: Yeah. You what? Watch, did you watch Gerard Carmichael's <laughs> special by chance his most recent one? I did not. It's, I actually uh, wasn't
0: too familiar with him until he hosted SNL and he's yeah. fucking amazing.
1: Yeah, he's it, very interesting. I mean, I I wouldn't I wouldn't call it the funniest
0: special, but it's an interesting special. It's it's really good. Would you uh Would you call this episode funny? If you didn't think this episode was funny, what? It's subjective. Comedy is subjective! Comedy is subjective. Almost. Man. Woo! That
1: nice fun.